When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. It's time now for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm joined by Ross Moe, Investment Director of AJL. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. We're going to talk, though, about banks because we're in the middle of the banks reporting season, aren't we, Ross? We are, and there and financials are a huge contributor to FTSE 100 profits and particularly dividends. So it seems apt to talk about them. It's also interesting. We talked on the day that Standard Chartered results have come out because their shares went up after the announcement, and Barclays got absolutely thumped and went down on their announcement about seven or eight percent. And actually, in some ways, the results had a broadly similar shape. Barclays highest profits, I think, since 2012. Standard and Chartered since 2014. Standard Chartered's highest dividend since 2014, Barclays pretty much ditto in, in pence per share terms. Both added to their share buyback programs. Both improved profits year on year. Both benefited from high net interest margins. Both warned of high net of uh, net loan losses in 2023, which again, analysts had already penciled in. Mm-hmm. And yet, one went up and one went down. And they're on very similar multiples. And Barclays has actually got a higher yield. So it's it's kind of intriguing. And I think the difference was that Standard Chartered talked about um, improvement in net interest margin again in 2023 um, from 1.48% to around 1.75. And you think, oh, what difference does 27 basis points make? Well, when you've got a loan book of $300 billion, it all adds <laughs> yes, up, right? Yes, yes. Um, and, back, and and said, you know, higher, higher losses. Barclay said, our net interest margin might go up a little bit in 2023. Now, they did, I think, 3.16% in the fourth quarter, about 28 mm. 2.9 for the year, but said it would be no high, it'd be about 3.2% for the whole of 2023, which <clears throat> I think analysts were genuinely disappointed by. Um, and, I, and I guess it's then the question is, are Barclays assuming the Bank of England is going to stop raising interest rates pretty quickly? Maybe. Is it just them sort of downplaying things so they don't get clobbered with the windfall tax and accusations of profiteering? Mm-hmm. maybe but it's going to come out in the wash eventually or to what degree has there been political pressure because a lot of bank CEOs were holed up before a parliamentary committee in the last couple of weeks to explain why they weren't passing on interest rate hikes to savers and maybe again they've, they've, there's been pressure applied and they're discounting that discretion is the better part of valour Standard Chartered has a European operation but it's relatively small in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and I don't think Bill Winters was holed up before the beak over here, unlike, say, Alison Rose of, 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 yeah. of NatWest. So may, my suspicion is that the UK banks have already been cutting borrowers some slack. Because if you look at how much their margins have gone up, they've gone up nowhere near as much as the base rate. Now, yes, their wholesale funding costs will go up and other things, but I think they probably have been going gently, gently on borrowers. And maybe as a result, the trade-off has been savers haven't picked up as much benefit now if they're being put under political pressure to give savers some juice as well that is going to put a bit of lid in your net interest margin so that went down very badly at barclays and it actually weighed on mm. nat west 
and Lloyd's as well. So I think that was the big difference between the two, between Stan and Bark, was that net interest margin story. And it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out in the coming year, because lots of analysts have been getting excited about banks, higher interest rates, possibly a steeper yield curve at some stage, and therefore more profits with the caveat that you've got the trade-off between higher net interest margins and probably higher loan losses at the same time. Mm. So it's it's an interesting one that you saw a big difference. Geography's got a lot to do with it, but it'll be intriguing to see what Lloyds, NatWest and HSBC say when they report in the next few days. Let's just quickly have one of these, Russ. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Uh, Russ, you talked there about um, uh, the banks maybe uh, squeezing savers and not giving them their due as rates go up. But I mean, isn't that the case in every cycle? I mean, it's a little like um, the prices at the yes. petrol pumps. You know, the yes, prices, prices it, of the it, pumps it, go it, up incredibly quickly, but they don't come down as quickly. I guess this is to some degree the debt that the banks are seen to have owed us all from 15 years ago. I suspect yeah. potentially is that there is still you know, perceptions of, of, of payback there. I mean, it, it's interesting if you look at the price to book. I mean, all right, bank earnings are difficult to forecast, as we know. The, the FTSE 100 is big five are trading on between five and seven times forward earnings, which on most people's language is cheap. The market's on 11. Yeah. They're offering a range of yields from about two and a half at Standard Chartered up to five at, and a bit at Barclays. Um, I guess Standard Chartered and Barclays are the lowest rated two on book value as well, at about 0.6 times book because they've got investment banks and therefore they're more exposed to, to, to volatile business. NatWest is trading about one times, Lloyd's at about 0.9. And it's interesting that the you know, Lloyd's is on the verge of making double-digit returns in equity for, for a couple of years in a row. And if it does that, then one times book. And a premium to that probably seems about right. Standard Chartered isn't there yet. It's about 8% trying to get to 10 this year. Barclays, something similar. So I guess investment banking volatility could work against them, could work for them. But I always view it as a very, very low multiple business because it's extremely unpredictable, very cyclical. Mm-hmm. And when they make money, the rainmakers take all the dough anyway. So it, it, the, the shareholders don't benefit. But the Barclays and Standard Chartered, undeniably cheap on book value basis. It's just where's your catalyst? Standard Chartered's nearly drawn a bid from first Abu Dhabi Bank in theory. It's a pretty big catalyst, but by then it's too late. But the fact that somebody's sniffing around tells you that somebody thinks there's value there. I, I, I suppose Barclays is probably unsniffable, uh, but 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 because it's a, it's 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 a much bigger thing. But equally, oh. I think the the debate over Barclays Investment Bank. I think lots of people thought it was one when Edward Branson shuffled off with a small book loss on his on his on his stake at Sherburn Investors. I think this debate is just about to warm up again because investment banking profits peaked the very quarter that Branson sloped off. And he actually said, look, we're pretty close to the peak in the investment banking cycle here, ladies and gentlemen. I know you'll think it's all wonderful now, but just if there's ever a bear market, you might find out what this thing's capable of doing on the downside. And I think that's when you see a full cycle from the investment bank. That's when I think the debate may be revived. I don't think there's any chance of Barclays breaking itself up. You know, the, the, the investment banking culture is very strong at the firm and it's glamorous. It's a lot sexier than deposits and lending. But 
I think that debate hasn't yet gone away. And I think it is now, again, starting to weigh on Barclays valuation relative to its peers. Mm. And is the sector reasonably safe? I mean, we're going to look at investment advice here, reasonably safe for those people who are looking for for income. I mean, clearly now with interest rates higher, the bank's margins are are much better than when they were trying to eke out a living with zero interest rates. And and I think that if you look at the regulatory ratios, common equity tier one, they're all in the T, they're all in the 12, 13, 14 range. They're all passing all the regulatory tests. Their leverage ratios are high, you know, the leverage ratios of say four or five percent, so they've still got assets to equity of twenty to one times. So if something goes wrong, you know things could go wrong very very quickly. But I think the banks probably are a lot sounder than they are, are much more sounder than they were fifteen mm-hmm. years ago. And there's that old argument, right? I forget who said it, and I saw it on Twitter the other week, and I forget who, who repeated it. But generals fight the last battles, regulators regulate the last crisis, investors hedge the last crash. And I think people are still so frightened of the banks because of what happened last time. I think that that's why the banks probably aren't going to be the source of the epicenter of the next problem that we have. It'll be somewhere else. And I think in that respect, the banks are probably heavily scrutinized and deservedly so. But as a result of that, they're probably in a lot better shape than they were 15 years ago if, as and when things go wrong next time. Famous last words, obviously. Well, shadow banking is now... So well, massive, it'll be in there somewhere, but who knows? Well, where. and that's even harder to track down than it was yeah. in the big banks, right? So, and 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 that's 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 the challenge. Ross, thank you very much indeed. That's Ross Mould of AJ Bell. We'll be looking at the financial outlook for personal investors again next week. Russ, I hope they'll be back with me in a fortnight's time. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.